Hello, and welcome to the podcast devoted to helping you win the race Christ has marked out for you. One of the most life-transforming statements I've ever heard came from a time management expert named Charles Hobbs. He said, the key to effectiveness in life is not getting more things done. It is getting the right things done. It is shaping your life according to your mission. I thought, well, how do I do that? And immediately a picture of Jesus flashed into my mind. He was returning from an all-night meeting with his commander-in-chief with a decision on his lips about who to make his 12 apostles. This episode looks at Jesus' habit of escaping to the wilderness to pray about his mission and what we can learn from it. Thanks for joining us today for Season 3, Episode number 36 of Mission Focus Men for Christ. My name is Gary Yeagle. On the night before he died, Jesus made an astonishing claim. He said to his Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. How could Jesus have said his work was completed? His three-year ministry seemed all too short. For every prostitute whose heart he touched, hundreds remained untouched. For every blind man enabled to see, hundreds were still blind. Yet on that last night, with many urgent human needs unmet and useful tasks undone, the Lord said he had completed the work God had given him. How did he do that? How did he stay focused on his mission? Well, Mark 1, verses 32 through 39 gives us a significant clue. We read, That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Can you imagine this? Everyone in the town wants whatever affliction he has had to be healed by Jesus. When the exhausted Jesus finally sends them home to bed, I imagine scores of them did not go home to bed, but were traveling to nearby sick friends and relatives, saying, Quick, get up! We have to get you to Capernaum so you can get healed by a new prophet, Jesus, who has arisen. Mark continues with the story, And Jesus, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. We are not told what Jesus talked to the Father about, but it had to be about his mission. The whole town wanted healing. Overnight, the word about Jesus' miraculous healing power would have gotten out to the surrounding countryside. No doubt, many precious human beings with broken bodies had traveled in the wee morning hours to Capernaum to be healed. Yet, Jesus' decision about his mission is to leave Capernaum and the opportunities to heal and go to other towns primarily to preach. I believe Jesus was talking over his mission statement with the Father. 
The mission of the Messiah is revealed in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This passage pictures the Messiah's deed ministry, binding up the brokenhearted, perhaps by healing fatal diseases, and bringing liberty to the captives by freeing bodies from disease or demon possession or birth defects. Jesus' actions free. It also pictures his ministry of the word, proclaiming good news, proclaiming liberty to those who held captive by sin, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. I believe Jesus was talking with his CEO, the Father, about how to balance his word and deed ministries. In other words, just as Jesus withdrew to pray all night about his choice of disciples, he withdrew early in the morning here to wrestle with his mission, to stay in Capernaum and heal or go to other towns and mostly preach. Returning to my story about attending the time management seminar, I returned home from that seminar and combed over the various New Testament descriptions of our mission. I settled on this. I am called to Christ to enjoy a love relationship with him. I am called to be like Christ, to Christ-like character. I am called to exercise dominion for Christ, to implement Christ's agenda in my role as husband, father, employer-employee, neighbor, church member, ambassador of the kingdom. I organized my daytimer around this mission statement and kept insights that would help me reach these goals. This material later became a tool we now make available to men called the Focus Notebook. I now had a game plan. But what use is a game plan if you don't look at it during the game? I needed to build the habit of looking into the game plan. My mission, talking with my CEO regularly about his mission for me. I needed to follow Jesus' example in Mark 1. So 40 years ago, I began to put into my weekly schedule one hour or one and a half out of the 168 given to me by God to meet with my commander-in-chief to talk about my mission. Several years ago, I discovered that a person very close to me had picked up on this idea of having a weekly briefing with his king, my son Josh. Josh has tweaked the idea, made it his own to fit his own life. I asked him onto the podcast to talk about his efforts to build this habit into his busy life. Here is the interview. Josh, you're a busy high school teacher, the special teams coordinator for the Centerville Wildcat football team, and you lead Centerville's FCA. You got married a little over a year ago and bought a house this past spring, yet you try to build the habit of setting aside 60 to 90 minutes a week to meet with your commander-in-chief, our Lord, to talk with him about his mission for you. Why? Well, first, let me say it's an honor to be on the podcast with you today. I am biased since you're my dad, but it has been incredible to watch the podcast grow over the past three years and see all the time and energy that you put into it every week to make it as valuable as possible for Christian men. Thank you for having me today, and it's exciting to be part of the first interview-style Mission Focused Men for Christ podcast. 
To answer your question, uh, let me first say that as full as my life does seem at times, I'm surrounded by coworkers and friends and just people in my life who have young children at home or other life circumstances. So I do realize that this is just the tip of the iceberg for me. But to be completely honest, it is exactly because my life is so full that I make it a habit to meet with my commander in chief each week. I've come to realize that if I don't intentionally take time to slow down and refocus my efforts on God's mission for me each week, I'll inevitably miss opportunities to share my faith, encourage my wife, invest my time more effectively in every area, or enjoy my love relationship more fully with my creator. You know, you've talked on the podcast before about the balance between important and urgent. My mission meeting helps me to see that more, that more clearly. Meeting with God to refocus my life each week allows me to focus on the important things in life and what God is truly calling me to do, as opposed to simply just being distracted by all the urgent things that come up on a daily basis. In other words, my mission meetings act as guardrails for my life. In these moments, I'm at my most sober-minded. I can think clearly. I'm able to reflect on what has gone well and what hasn't gone well within the past week. I'm able to chart my course for the next seven days. If I get off my course within that time, my mission meeting helps me to readjust so that I can stay on target. Well, that's awesome. But what do you, could you just enlighten us a little bit? What do you actually do during this time? Well, I appreciate you asking. And again, it's an honor to be talking about this today. But, you know, this has certainly been a work in progress for me to figure out what works best. Um, I started with the Focus Notebook, which is an incredible resource of yours that really helps us focus on the three main tenets of our calling as Christian men. You know, you mentioned that very frequently on the podcast, but those callings are to be uh, to, to Christ, to pursue a love relationship with Him, our calling to be like Christ, to cultivate Christ-like character, and our calling to exercise dominion for Christ, to implement Christ's agenda in each area of our life. Honestly, the, the Focus Notebook um, has also has a, a wealth of resources to help men focus on each area of our lives, such as marriage, parenting, work, stewardship, ministry, brotherhood, um, a lot of great resources. And so for me, I started with the Focus Notebook. I decided to tweak it some. And then I essentially created a, a weekly worksheet for myself to fill out during that mission meeting. For me, this acts as kind of a journal, a place to brainstorm, things to write down as I go along throughout my mission meeting. What I'd love to do is just kind of walk through uh, what I do each each week uh, in my notebook. And so what I do as I start out with writing out the wins that I had that week, um, you know, things that I felt good about for that week, things that went well, uh, and then I write down losses, instances where maybe I cut a corner with integrity, missed an opportunity for an important conversation, you know, maybe I slacked off on my devotionals or workouts for the week, whatever it may be. Um, but I want to make sure that I write down the wins to, to just start positive and, and focus on, you know, what, what's good, because that's important. I think sometimes we don't do that enough as men. But I also want to make sure I write down my losses, because I want to keep track of my progress towards consistent discipline in various areas of my life. Um, for me, as, as a football coach, you know, I just I can't watch the film from the previous game and just look at highlights. I have to look at my mistakes as well. That's just how I'm wired. Uh, and so the next thing I do uh, is I, I write down my successes or failures in areas of personal accountability. You know, how has my thought life been that week? You know, have I looked at any explicit material that week? Uh, things that maybe I'm asking my Christian brothers to hold me accountable for. 
the next piece that I do is I focus on missions, right? So, you know, what relationships maybe am I building with non-Christians? How can I share my faith with them? Is it time to invite them to church? You know, this really uh, helps me keep focused on outreach. Next thing I do is I move into those three callings that I just talked about from the focus notebook. For being called to Christ, I literally write that down, and then I go back through the focus notebook and I look at things that will help me grow in my relationship with Christ. Uh, Things like, you know, how am I doing with my daily devotional? Am I spending enough time in prayer? Am I really trusting God with the circumstances of my life? The next thing for my calling to be like Christ, uh, I spend some time looking over a list of Christ-like characters. Again, this is all out of the focus notebook. I look at the Beatitudes, the fruits of the Spirit, supplements of faith from Second Peter, commandments to Joshua and Joshua 1. I look at the armor of God, and I just spend some time thinking about you know, what is God doing in my life, uh, and, and where is he strengthening me? Where is he giving me trials? And, and, you know, which of those Christ-like characters do I really need to focus on? Um, And that that really helps me drill down on being more like Christ each day. Okay, I know you're going to do a third area, but but, uh, just on character for a moment, what, like this week, what do you think Christ is trying to teach you about character this week? Well, it's funny that you should ask because uh, I found out that I was going to be uh, recording a podcast this week, and I just really felt like God was saying, uh, just teaching me about humility, uh, just just to be humble and to put Him first, and and realize that you know everything comes from Him. That's great. So I know there's a third component, which is um, exercising dominion for Christ over various areas of our lives. Tell us about your time talking with Jesus about that. Yeah, for my calling to exercise dominion for Christ, uh, I spend time looking at the various spheres of influence in my life. Uh, you know, how can I implement Christ's agenda for my marriage? How can I reflect Christ's love as a teacher and a coach? What can I do to disciple my friends and family towards Christ? You know, I don't have kids right now, uh, but that would definitely be an area to focus on as well. But I really just take that time to to let God show me and guide me through the areas of influence that he's put me in and and figure out what I should really be doing with those opportunities. The next thing I do uh, is I move into a reflection about a biblical truth that God is teaching me. You know, this helps me, honestly, again, it's kind of like personal accountability uh, to be more intentional about what I read each morning and if I actually pay attention to the sermon on Sunday or the Mission Focused Men for Christ podcast of the week. Folks, that's our paid political announcement for the podcast. But uh, thanks, Josh, for those kind words. Okay, back to the rest of what you do. Well, the next thing uh, I write down is a practical life lesson that I've learned that week. You know, kind of similar to a biblical truth, um, but I just, I give myself this space um, to be something that maybe is simple or profound. You know, maybe it's about myself, you know, my leadership, uh, work, you know, maybe something I learned about teaching, you know, whatever it may be. Um, this helps me to just keep track of what I'm learning uh, and allows me to go back and see what God's teaching me and what he's been teaching me throughout the month or the year as I go back and I review um, exactly what I've been writing down each week. And lastly, I spend time writing out answers to prayer that I experienced that week. This allows me to truly just bask in God's love for me and remember how much he loves me, you know, how much he provides for me each day. And really, this also functions as a pseudo prayer journal. So I can go back and see uh, answered prayers later on, maybe that month or that year. Um, The last thing I do, uh, once I write all these things out, and that's kind of how I work, that's how I learn as I write. Um, But once I do that, I go back and I pray through each piece. Now, 
let me be honest, and I'm when I'm extremely tired or I'm busy and I got that next thing on my mind, this is the first thing to go. I don't always get the chance to complete the worksheet or go through everything or even pray through it all. Um, but on a good day, I do try to go back and be intentional about praying through each piece. Well, thanks for being honest, just that you don't always uh, execute the game plan, um, your game plan for forming a game plan. Uh, there are lots of guys that would maybe love to have this discipline in their lives. Um, what are the obstacles that you found that get in the way of you following through on this every week? Well, yeah, as I just mentioned, um, I definitely am not perfect every week. Uh, and But I, I honestly believe that Satan hates the fact that I meet with my king every week. So going into it, I have to know that he's going to throw anything he can at me to get me off schedule. But uh, for me, I I really have found that laziness, busyness, and my pride are my biggest obstacles. Laziness for me comes in the form of wanting to sleep in a bit more on Sunday morning as opposed to getting up as I do for work. Um, You know, this usually means that I either miss my meeting entirely or I try to rush it and fit it into a a quick 20-minute ordeal and that just isn't really helping at all. Um, for me, busyness uh, really seems to rear its head uh, during the football season. As I mentioned, I'm a football coach. Um, we're sitting here on August 22nd with our first game next week. And as a football coach, I spend a lot of time on Sundays working on the game plan for the upcoming week. If I'm not careful and extra disciplined during the football season, I can allow myself to wake up and start working on the game plan or any other life demands uh, before I meet with God. But I've also realized that if I don't meet with God in the morning before church, I will never do it. I've tried and tried. I've tried a Monday. I've tried a Sunday afternoon, but it just doesn't work. So I have to make sure that I do it Sunday morning and I protect that in my schedule or else it'll never work. And I would say, again, that last obstacle for me is my own pride. It's easy for me to think that um, I'm doing well enough on my own or I'm doing fine or, you know, even before I started this habit, it was easy to think that I never needed such a thing in my life. I was doing just fine. But honestly, just like many personal disciplines, once I started this habit and I realized how beneficial it was to my walk with Christ and just the, the actual impact I feel like I'm having with those around me, I just decided that I can't go without it. Josh, that is really helpful. And I just want to reinforce what you said about uh, what time works for you, your schedule, your church schedule. Uh, you know, I used to be a pastor and I was just dead tired Sunday afternoon. And so my time that was really set apart with my commander in chief was Monday sometime, Monday morning, if I didn't get to it during the day, Monday evening. So it really has to be something that really fits your schedule. Josh, you've mentioned this, of course, to some degree, but if you were asking, you know, what are the primary benefits that, that you've seen from this discipline? What would you say? Yeah, well, I, as we said, I certainly battle each of those obstacles every week, and I'm far from perfect. But I will say when I do take the time to complete my mission meeting, I just feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. I feel refocused, and I feel encouraged to keep striving towards all that God has for me. When I take time to connect one-on-one with my creator each week, I find myself reading my Bible more regularly throughout the week and just really being intentional about taking something away from what I'm reading, as I mentioned earlier. I find myself being more intentional in conversations with my wife, with my friends, my family, my coworkers, and in my vocation, my uh, students and student-athletes. 
I find that I implement biblical principles in my life more consistently. I don't just go about the day, but I, in short, I live more intentionally. I find myself more readily equipped to share the gospel with people around me uh, because that's at the forefront of my mind. Um, I just, I find that my weekly mission meetings help me to actually accomplish the mission my king sets out for me each week. Without it, I just feel like I'm going to miss something and I'm just going to waste my life on things that don't really matter. And in that regard, I'm just reminded of Paul's words to the Romans in chapter 7, verse 15, when he writes, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Boy, I feel like that's me every day. And, and for me, setting aside an hour per week to meet with my Creator helps me to do more of what I ought to do and less of what I ought not to do. You know, as, as we mentioned, I coach high school football, so I'm going to run with a football analogy here, so stay with me. At one point in my life, I had been struggling with a very particular sin. You know, I had a Christian brother in my life who noticed my continued failure in this area. You know, at, at one point, he came up to me and said, Yegel, you're a football coach. How stupid would it be for you to go into a football game without a game plan? And yet, you keep going into this battle with sin without a game plan. How do you expect to win? Well, uh, this guy's words have honestly changed my life. Uh, I now see my weekly mission meeting in the same way. I'm in a fierce battle every day. I have specific instructions from my coach that I need to fulfill in order to win the game. If I don't spend time with Coach Jesus to get my eyes on the game plan for the week, how do I expect to win? What a powerful story and powerful example of brotherhood in Christ. So thanks for sharing so much of your life with us, Josh. Uh, just as we close this out, what are one or two things you might leave behind for the guys listening to you this interview? Well, once again, uh, it's just been an honor to be here and to be able to, to speak uh, with you and, and to anyone that's listening. And, you know, I, I don't always get this right, uh, but I just am I'm grateful that God's revealed this truth to me and, and that I've learned this practice from you uh, dad and and been able to see this, but I would say two things just to kind of close it out. Uh, number one, start small. My weekly routine has grown a lot over the years as I've found some things to be more beneficial, or maybe I've added sections uh, to my weekly worksheet to expand my focus. But that certainly wasn't always the case for me. I started small, just waking up before church and doing a quick devotional, <laughs> just trying to make sure that I got up early on a Sunday. Uh, and then I started to look over the focus notebook during my mission meeting and just kind of look at it and look at the different areas of life. Uh, and then I started to pray over each of the callings of a man uh, that we've discussed. Uh, but it really wasn't until January of this year that I realized what would work the best for me is a worksheet style journal. Uh, and again, just I create those headings, I write it out. Uh, and that works the best for me to to really process what's going on in my heart and, and in my mind. Um, so again, I would just say start small and just see what God will do. And second, just don't get discouraged uh, when you miss a week here or there. Building this habit isn't about being perfect, just like any habit, but it's about striving towards the goal and seeing what God will do along the way. Just like anything else in life, distractions and roadblocks will pop up and try to steal your routine and your focus. But keep working at it. Keep striving and see what God will do in your life as a result of the investment of your time and ultimately because King Jesus is worth it. Josh, thanks so much for who you are and uh, for this interview. So Jesus guarded his time like the treasure that it is. 
He did not spend it carelessly or haphazardly. The familiar warning, if you fail to plan, plan to fail, is as true of completing Christ's mission for us as it is of any other part of life. Few men I know would try to run a business without a business plan. Even if it is not written down, they still have in mind the steps they will take to succeed. Few men, however, have a life plan. But which is more important, your business or your life? When God has ordained a world in which success in every other area of life requires a plan, why would we think accomplishing Christ's mission for us would be different? To summarize this episode, one of the habits of Jesus that is often overlooked but extremely powerful is his habit of regularly withdrawing to a secluded place to review his mission with his Heavenly Father. I have found that a very effective way to follow Jesus' example is to try to put into my weekly schedule an hour or an hour and a half, one out of the 168 given to me by God, to meet with my commander-in-chief to talk about my mission. For me and other men who have started to do this, it has been life-transforming. One of those men is my son, Josh. Perhaps getting up before church as Josh does, heading to bed at 9 o'clock Sunday evening instead of 10, or taking an hour for a walk on a Sunday afternoon could work for you. No matter how you implement it into your life, I believe the restful reflection upon the work we have accomplished the other six days is exactly what God intended in giving us one day a week to rest. For further prayerful thought, number one, what insights have you gained from the example of Jesus coping with his Saturday night busyness by getting up Sunday morning to talk to the Father about his mission? See your show notes for additional questions. The resource mentioned in today's podcast by Josh is called The Focus Notebook. The link to find out more about that is in your show notes. Today's podcast, as all podcasts are, is available in printed format on my website, porgingbonds.org. Also on this homepage is a link to an index of past podcast series and episodes that you might want to listen to when you have a chunk of free time. This link is also in your show notes. Some of you have graciously asked how you might support the podcast financially. That would enable us to reach more men with it. In the show notes, there is a link to enable you to make an online contribution, should you desire to do so. As I was preparing for this week's message, I called an audible and decided to stretch this three-week series to four weeks, allowing us to use next week to finish up the series of five habits that shape godly men. This habit of Jesus' life that we'll look at next week is also rarely noticed, but it greatly maximized his impact in others' lives. For further information about our ministry, go to forgingbonds.org. And if this podcast has been helpful to you, don't forget to tell other Christian men about a podcast that helps them stay focused on their mission from Christ by inspiring them each week while they commute or work out.